0: Oh, hello friends. Hi, I'm just scooting back into my chair. Um, Hi, so it's uh, the first office hours. Let me adjust this. We haven't done this in a couple weeks, so I am not fully set. So it's the first office hours of 2018. Um, I'm a bit of a mess because I am about to, I have my Bon Voyage shirt on because I am about to hit the road for quite some time. I am gonna be in and out of the city. I am traveling like a crazy person. So today, forgive me, I look a bit of a mess. I have been catching up on emails and uh, packing and cleaning. So (laughs) here we are, and this is what we're gonna be today. So welcome to Office Hours 2018. It has been a couple weeks since we have chatted friends um, and I am here to take any and all of your questions. Oh, pumpkin's coming. He's coming into the frame. There he is. Oh, you missed him. Um, so I'm here to take any and all uh, industry-related questions that you have. For those of you who have not experienced office hours before, um, I like to say at the start of this that, again, any information or thoughts or ideas that I give you are mine and mine alone. They come from my personal experience. Oh, here he is. There he is like a rock. Come on up, pumpkin. Come on, buddy. Um, So they come from my own personal experiences, from the offices I have worked in, and from um, my life and thoughts. If my thoughts do not resonate with you, or if my ideas do not resonate with you, please feel free to continue to uh, scroll on and not keep watching. But I am here. I am a free resource. I like to think of myself as an educated peer who has some insight into some things that might be useful to you. So. Hey bud, do you have some advice for people today? <laughs> maybe, maybe if you have a question for pumpkin, he'll answer too. Um, so I am here. I always like to start office hours by talking about something that either happened to me or to a client recently and, and kind of shedding some um, light on the situation uh, with you guys. So I want to talk today about follow through. Um, I've been having a lot of conversations recently about follow through. And I kinda wanna talk about this concept as something that um, not all artists are great at. (laughs) Um, And it's become increasingly frustrating, I think, for a lot of people, um, that people will have an idea, a really, really, really brilliant creative idea, and um, start a project, start something, start working on it, and then just decide that either they um, don't have the means to do it, they don't have the support to do it, they um, are too tired, they're too hungry, they um, are too who knows what to make something happen. And um, I talk and talk and talk to a lot of people who I work with who increasingly are saying that they're either working with people who have ideas and then don't follow through with them or they themselves have ideas and they ask their friends to show up and be a part of something and they don't show up um, and they don't be a part of it or they, um, you, you know, i have been reaching out to people with their incredible idea and no one seems to jump, be jumping on board and so clearly if nobody else is interested in the idea then that means that it's a terrible idea and they should just quit. I've had this conversation literally like 15 times recently. Um, not only that, I've had the conversation of like people canceling last minute and I literally just like two hours ago, I had to send an email canceling something last minute and it was like hurting my soul to do it. But it's because something work-related has come up and sometimes you just have to do this. I understand entirely when when you get to this place, right, where you either have to cancel something last minute, or you feel like your idea is not being loved by everybody, or you don't have the means to make something happen, and so you just decide to stop. The problem is, when you do that, when you just stop, when you just don't... Write the email or tell people you're not coming or you send a text message saying you're not coming five minutes before you're supposed to be someplace or you just stop writing the script and hope that maybe someday you'll be inspired to do it again or you just stop telling people that you're doing these things. When you do this, there are other people whose lives are impacted. And that's the thing that I think people keep forgetting. And again, please know, I'm like holding the mirror up to my face right now. I'm looking like very deeply into it. And I'm like, Pumpkin, are you holding your face up to the mirror? Are you looking? Like I 100% am willing to expose all of my uglies and know that I have canceled last minute on people. I have given up on projects that I've started, all of these things. But what I've learned from doing that and from making these mistakes is that other people truly are impacted. buddy other people truly are impacted by the things that you do even if you don't think that they are if you've started a project and you've gotten people excited or you've gotten them on board and then you just let go of it you're letting other people who have shown up and gotten excited for you down. If you don't tell somebody, if you keep doing that thing where you're like, oh yeah, maybe I'll be there. Sure, I think I'll come. I think I'll be there. What time is it again? And it's like five minutes till the thing and you're clearly not even on the train. Like that does nothing for anybody. So I just wanted to like take this beat and say one, to say two things. If you have an idea and you have taken the time and shown the courage to share that idea with other people and you've gotten people on board, you, you don't owe anybody anything, but at the same time, just know when you let something go because of fear or because of doubt or because of um, uh, a lack of self-awareness or understanding, you are letting other people down when you don't share with them those fears and those doubts. People can stand up and help you. People can fight for you. People can share with you if you just tell them the truth about your fears and your doubts about your projects. That's just really 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 important. Don't stop doing something just because you have put up your own wall or gotten in your own head or gotten in your own way or one jerk says something negative about it. When really you could just say out loud, I am fearful. I am full of doubt. I um, have a problem. I have something going on. Um, And yeah, you just you just need to do that, it's really important. The other thing about the text messaging and the like, last minute cancellations, you just gotta grow up, buttercups. It's time. If you have an appointment and it's scheduled and you can't be there, you really need to be on top of that sooner rather than later. Not showing up for an appointment is not okay. Sending a text message five minutes before something's happening saying like, oh, I'm tired, oh, I don't feel good is not okay. We set our priorities in this life, and it is really, really, really important that when you, that you acknowledge when you don't show up for something, you are telling that person that they are not a priority. And sometimes that's really okay, right? If you're meeting someone or you're doing something and it's for fun or it's like not for money and then like a money opportunity comes up or like a work commitment comes up, then that's okay. But give people as much Notice as possible. If you only know 10 hours in advance, then you better send the email 10 hours in advance, right? It's really, really, really important. And it's really shitty when people do not follow through with things. And it really is really, it really, it's really, 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 it is like saying to somebody, I, I, you're not my priority. And again, you need to be your priority a lot of the time Please take care of yourself first and foremost. And if you need time for you, you need time to relax, you need all of these things, then just be honest with somebody. I'm going to say one thing really quickly before we move on to questions because I think my phone is under the cat, but that's where I read my questions. So let me dig. Ah, ah, there we go. Um, I think I received some questions. Um, But the one thing I want to say is there's nothing worse than doing the dangle, is what I call it, the dangle, which is when you're like, yeah, absolutely, that sounds awesome, I would love to try to do that. Okay, yeah, when's that happening? Great, absolutely, yeah, and then and then you're super close. To me, the best thing that you can ever do, if you know there's something that you're just like not really feeling, you don't wanna go to, you don't wanna get on the train, you don't wanna do the thing, but you wanna support a friend in that moment, just send a text message or get on the phone that says, hey, I really can't make it. I support you tremendously. Please let me know if there's something that I can do digitally or someone I can put you in contact with, or if I can you know, give you a little bit of money to help with whatever you're working on. Be supportive in the best way you know how. And sometimes the best way to be supportive is just to tell someone up front, I can't be there. Because there's nothing worse than having a list of like 40 people who you think are going to be at some place. And then the hour before starting to get those, emails that are like, I don't feel good or whatever the thing is, if you know you don't want to go somewhere, just tell somebody because nine times out of 10, they're not going to be upset about it or you've given them the opportunity with enough time to say, hey, I really need you to, to be here. It's meaningful to me. I make very few asks of you. So please, please, please be there for me. And when someone writes you that email, it probably means they really need you to be there. They really need you to support you. And you've given them the gift of time to tell them that, which is really important. Thank you for the kisses. Thank you. That's very sweet. Very kind. He's in a very loving mood today, guys. Um, <laughs> this is what it is. Um, all right, so I think I had some questions. Let me see if I did. Oh, I'm going to hear myself. Okay, so the first question that I have here is, there are so many opinions about singing what is on the page versus what has become famous from recordings. As a casting director, what to you matters more? I'm sorry, it was a little tricky to read that because there were some um, some errors in spelling and they wrote back. So uh, as a casting director, what to me matters more? What's singing what's on the page versus what's uh, known on the recording? Well, here's the deal for me. Um, I just wanna remind people, we are so blessed to have original cast recordings, Broadway, Off-Broadway or other, Um, but we have to remember that those things were made on one day, right? Maybe two days depending, but that was just one performance, one day that that singer sang that thing. Um, It does not always mean that that's exactly what they're performing perfectly every single night. Things change. People have to adjust, um, what riffs they're doing based on their, you know, how they're feeling all sorts of things. So when I hear someone who is clearly singing verbatim, the cast recording, I think, I think they haven't done their own work. And to me, and I think for a lot of people who are directors, choreographers, casting directors, anybody who's creating the team that you're going to work with, you want to know that you're hiring a smart artist. You want to know that you're hiring someone who has taken the time to interpret a song and a lyric and a musical line um, for themselves, for how they're feeling, for what works for them, for, um, you know... uh, I want to know who you are as an artist. And if I hear you blatantly singing exactly what Adina Menzel sang, then I know you're really good at doing what Adina Manzel does, but she already exists. Like, I want to know how you sing the music. However, you know, I I don't want you to make up your own, like, complete new line of what the music is. I don't I don't need you to do that. I need you to honor the music, if anyone who's taken a class with me knows my number one line is, if you think you're smarter than the music, you're wrong. If you think you're smarter than the lyrics, you're wrong. And I say that because if you think that you are smarter than the music or the lyrics, you are not honoring the truth of the world in which you are supposed to be living as the character and the actor, right? If you're questioning and thinking that you are smarter or that you know more than the composition, you're wrong. It was written that way for a reason, and you need to find the truth of that as the character that. you are playing or being or creating or even just experiencing in the audition room Um, so for me for my money uh, I would like you to be true to what's on the page and that I want you to honor what the composer was trying to create with this composition and the lyricist Um, but I want you to interpret it as yourself how you what you would bring to the character what if you're gonna riff you know how I feel about riffing, y'all. If you're going to riff, it better come from a truthful place and it better further the storytelling of the moment. Don't riff just for riffing's sake unless you are just, like, going for it on a pop song and, and it's that kind of moment. Um, for me, I want... I don't want to hear the exact inflections, and you have to remember that everybody who's listening to you sing or an audition or any of that, we are all nerds. How many times can I tell you this? I know the inflections that Sutton Foster does in Gimme Gimme, because I've listened to it 8,000 times. I know when she takes her deep breaths. I know when she's gonna give you like a, 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 singing out of the side of her mouth. I know because I listened to it. So I'm not, none of us are fools. We know when you've listened to a recording over and over and over again, because so have we. So I want, I want you to, you know, take your time. You do you, figure out how you tell the story and allow that to come through. Um, Again, of course, there'll be similarities because you're singing the same notes. So, you know, you're singing the same words, I get it. But that's kind of how I feel about that. I hope that that made sense. Um. Let me know if that was helpful or if you have any follow-up questions. Everybody's commenting on Pumpkin. I know, he's so sweet. I'm so sorry if you're listening to this as a podcast because what you're missing is this tiny cat sitting in my lap just napping, just going to town. He's real sweet and real warm and he smells cute and he's just perfect. Um. Okay, so I have another question. Should you always use the space during an audition? When is it too much? Um, I fully encourage people to use the space in an audition. Um, you know, I talk a lot about how there's some, there are usually some guarantees about what's gonna be in a space. There will usually be four walls in a space that you're auditioning in. If you're auditioning for a musical, there'll probably be a piano, unless you're playing your own instrument. Um, nine times out of 10, there'll be a chair available to you. You can use this space to your advantage. Um, You don't just have to kind of park and bark and stare at the spot and and do that kind of work. use the space we as humans move around we we move with intention we use the things around us to help tell our story um so i really encourage it but i think you need to be specific with it don't just come in with this idea of like oh i'm going to use the space we'll just throw it around um because that usually gets messy. Um, you need to have a plan, you need to have an agenda, you need to know why you're using the space, What? why sitting in the window is gonna tell a different story than standing against the wall, why sitting on the floor is going to uh, inform what kind of story you're trying to tell uh, from your character's perspective. But if you can actually do that, if you can find a way to use the space and really further the storytelling, so it's not just like gimmicky or it's not just like, I don't wanna look like I'm standing here, then I think it's, I I personally, and of course I can only speak from my opinion of what I like to see in the room, but I like to see people use the space. Most of the time in a musical or a play, you're not just gonna be standing in one single spot. Um, Sometimes, of course, you definitely do, and it's very impactful. And that's the other thing I will say is, um, if you are singing something or telling a story that is simple, which it should be, simple and thoughtful and um, important, sometimes stillness can be the most powerful position. So take into account what kind of story you're trying to tell and why, um, and then judge whether using the space or just choosing a different space to stand, right? Like not just like standing on an X, staring at the spot, singing your song, but figuring out where in the room is gonna be most impactful. I think that's usually a great choice. Oh God, look at this little face. Hi, buddy. Hi, cute. So that's how I feel about that. Um, I hope that's helpful. If it is, let me know. Um, If if you have a follow-up question, I can't let me know. Um, I'd be more than happy to answer it. All right, so I have another question. Kate, hey, this is specifically geared for my students in college audition pros. What specific stand out in a good way uh, what specifics, plural, sorry, stand out to you for young actors in the audition? Um, preparedness is my number one. Uh, you know, seasoned actors most of the time show up really prepared. They know their material. They have confidence in it. They stand, you know, strong. Uh, they can answer questions about context. They, you know, understand their own sense of self and point of view. And when a young person comes in and they kind of like have all that already, it's really, really, really impressive. When you are prepared and confident, uh, yet you have the ability to to be vulnerable and honest, which I think people who are young do better than most adults because we've really learned how to um, hide our truths as adults. Uh, But when young people show up and they really, they know why they're singing what they're singing, what they like, Uh, when they can have a strong conversation about the state of musical theater or theater in general, or why they like to do what they do. Um, That's my number one thing. And it's the thing I work with a lot with young people is like, why are you here? What do you like about this? Can you verbalize why you want to be an artist and why you like telling stories beyond just like, I like how it feels, I like applause. But like, what about telling stories calls you to show up for an audition? Because it's hard. So when people can verbalize that, when they um, really understand context, when they really understand the work they're doing, they show up prepared. These are things that I just love. I just love. Also when they can take direction, my number one thing, and this is for anybody, but definitely for younger people, is if someone is interested in you and they want to work with you and they're asking you questions. The thing that separates a really talented and thoughtful actor to me from anybody else is, I I call it the yes test. When I'm giving direction or I'm talking to someone and you see someone and they just go, yes, uh uh-huh, yes. uh Uh-huh, yes, yes. And you just see them saying yes over and over again. And you're like, but you're not, you're not actually taking in anything I'm saying. And I bet you have a lot of questions and I wish you were just asking these questions or saying like, yes, I, sorry, my, my, there we go. Um, but saying like more than just, yes, uh-huh. Yes. It's the, and understanding like, yes, I hear what you're saying to me. Then repeating back what they're saying and verbalizing how they're going to put it into their work. When a young person can do that, it is like jaw on the floor. Thank you for hearing. Thank you for taking things in. Thank you for listening. And now I'm going to apply this to my work. That's bam, that is really, really incredible. Um, so I guess those top three are really knowing your work, being prepared, having a point of view about why you are an artist, and also being able to actively take direction. Um, that to me is is what I think is important. Eh? Yeah? Great. Um, okay. I know. The cat is too much. Seriously, though, the cat is too much. I know, Zach. I know. He's so sweet and perfect. He's truly the star. Um, Okay. You recently cast West Side Story with a black riff, and I want to say how excited that made me. Hey, I'm so glad. Ephraim is amazing. I'm so excited. Um, But I would love to know if you felt any sort of worry about a backlash. No, I didn't. Um, You know, those kind of things are uh, conversations and, uh, and I of course don't make any, you know, no casting director makes any final decisions. Uh, I provided some thoughts and some opinions and some options for people. Um, and the, you know, the team at the Kennedy Center makes all of those final decisions. Um, but I think what you're asking is kind of a bigger question, which I'd love to talk about, which is this idea of, um, are we scared that when we make different choices, uh, in works that are traditionally done a certain way, uh, are, are people scared of backlash? I mean, no, for me, no, I'm, I'm not scared. I think at this point, if there is a way to tell a story that makes it Uh, that honors the truth of the time and the truth of what you're trying to tell, but makes it more understandable, makes it more uh, relatable, makes it more visually truthful. then you should do it that way. Then you should attempt to do it that way. You should try. And for me, my job, and I think, you know, this is one thing that I just always want to point out is my job is never to make a final decision. Um, I wish I wish I had that kind of power sometimes, but I don't. My job is to provide options, thoughtful conversation, um, and to remind people that, you know, things can look differently than they have looked before. Um, and I think we are seeing more and more and more of that. Uh, and there will always be backlash. I'm sure there are some people who, you know, look at that casting and think, like, I don't get it. doesn't make sense. Um, I would argue, you know, go see the work then. No matter what the casting is, go see the work. If it if it's challenging you or if you think it's wrong or if it's different, uh, then I encourage you to, you know, show up and go see it and then have an opinion about it. Um, you know, but I, I do think we're seeing more theaters and more producers excited about taking risks and, and, and updating and challenging works that we've seen time and time again. Because the one thing that is kind of always my um, my thought is... You know, there's this old thing that there are only six or seven stories that have ever been told. I really think there's only like one story that's ever been told, truth be told, and we tell it over and over and over and over again, and that is humans want to connect to other humans and there is an element of fear and then there is an element of release. And that is kind of the core of like pretty much every story we've ever told. And so to think that we shouldn't look at something and reinterpret it or reimagine it or just add another element of truth. uh, If people are gonna have backlash, they're gonna have backlash and I'm here to take it. Like, I'm fine with that. Uh, But I will always provide interesting options. I will always provide different options. I will always try to bring different people into the room uh, than what people might consider, or at least let other people, encourage other people to think beyond what it has traditionally been. Um, Not that we should, you know, that's how I feel about that um, I'm I personally am really glad that uh, that casting was meaningful to you and um, it was really meaningful to me and uh, I hope moving forward that I am privileged enough to get to work with creative teams who get it like they did on this piece and uh, and keep seeing more meaningful choices moving forward um, yeah yeah rad I I'm so excited to go see that show. I think it's going to be pretty great. Um, and I just, yeah, I'm really, really proud. Um, okay, great. Uh, just want to say hello and look forward to seeing you first. Oh, thanks. That's so kind of you. Um, I think you're awesome, and I'm just so grateful that you're here and that you're watching this. Um, Drew, yes, you can quote me on it. Everything I said to you about what I look for, quote me on it. Write it down, put it on a Post-it, share it. I, I stand by the things that I say. Um, okay, Kylie asks, Kate, I have a question. As an actor, how do you handle stress? <laughs> stress at the audition, but also the stress of being so busy with all of these opportunities. What good ways to handle time management? That is a great question. Um, you know, everyone handles stress differently. Everyone has different stressors. Everyone has different triggers. So I can only speak for me. This is one way I definitely de-stress. Look at this stupid little face. I love him. He's so sweet. Um, Yeah, but other ways to handle stress. Um, You know, I'm trying to get better at it myself. Uh, But some things that I really, really, really do that um, are helpful to me. Um, I really like to work out. I really like to go to the gym, and I find that when I don't work out or use my body in a healthy, productive way, I my brain stops working, my body stops working, I get more stressed out, I get angry easier, so I'm really trying to make sure that I do that. Um, the other thing that is really important, I think, is taking the time to really break down your day and figure out how you manage your time. I wrote this down the other day. I'm gonna pull this up um, so I can read it to you because I wrote it down and now I wanna find it. Yes, where is it? Duped dupe. Sorry, friends, bear with me for one second. Great, so I wrote this down the other day because I want to say it out loud. So I work a lot. I know that for me, 12 hours a day can be used for quality work. That's my limit and my goal. I need seven hours of sleep and five hours of play, which is like social and family time. I also know that I spend at least an hour on the train each day. I count that hour as work because we all know it is. Uh, So I split the 12 hours into sections in my brain. Three hours of catch up, three hours of future investment. Bye. Pumpkin's gone. Three hours of future investment and three hours of must get done today. Then I have two hours of creative juice and one hour of transit. So I organize everything at the top of the day and I prioritize things and then I stick to it. That is um, how I manage my time in the day. I try to split it up into three sections. I prioritize at the top and then I try to get to it. That helps me manage my stress because then I know exactly what I'm trying to achieve, what I can do, um, what I can accomplish in the day. And then there's also wiggle room because my day always fluctuates. Um, I also try to prioritize, you know, as a, as a as an artist, getting paid. Right? Um, we have to pay our bills, and even if I'm getting paid very little, which you know, I think I think a lot of people think casting directors make a lot of money, and I just am here to tell you, not a what was me thing. I love working for anybody at any rate. Anyone who's worked with me knows I I have done things across the spectrum, but, um, but. There's that. Um, But I do try to prioritize in terms of how to manage my stress levels, um, what I'm willing to do pro bono, what I'm willing to do you know, my different rates, what's making me money, what's going to help me work forward. And I know as an actor, you have to think about these things. What is an opportunity that's worth not making a lot of money? Um, What is an opportunity that's not worth that? Prioritizing and learning how to say no. you know, I, I really struggle with learning how to say no, I'm good, not great at it, but I am getting better at it. And I am getting better at saying like, I've overbooked myself. I need to take a break. I've started going into my calendar and putting in at least four to five days a month that I call, like, these are creative days. Do not book anything. Um, and the, the like rule there is unless it's a Broadway show, honey, it doesn't, that day does not go away. Um, So taking the time just to put those days in because a creative day can be anything. It can be sleeping, it can be eating, it can be working on a new play, it can be going for a run, but just putting that in your schedule and maintaining that time I think is really important. Um, Another thing that I think is really, really, really great is just spending time with yourself. we have a tendency to always be on our phones, to always be connected to, we have an expectation that everyone has to text us back within five minutes. Uh, We are always watching Netflix. We are always, you know, connected somehow. And I think that for me, I can speak to myself, raises my stress levels like crazy. I always feel like I have to write back and then I'll forget an email and it'll be 12 days and I'll think I have just like, ruined everything we don't know how to prioritize time alone and time alone does not mean time with your phone time alone means true time alone um and i think that is really important for stress levels um and if that means you have to literally put it in your calendar and like tell someone sorry i'm spending time by myself then you need to do it um i've had to start doing that and Sometimes it sucks looking at people who you love and saying like, actually I can't, I have to spend time alone, but you cannot be a good friend. You cannot be a good partner. You cannot be a good child. You cannot be a good you know, parent unless you take enough time for yourself. So those are some things that I do. I also really like eating tacos. That helps my stress levels. Um, I also really like, uh, watching really terrible television. Um, sometimes I just do it. It helps my stress levels. Um, I also just think that you need to take the time to evaluate what makes you feel awesome, what makes your shoulders relax, and and make sure you've penciled it in your calendar. You have to do it. Um, but I will also say, you got to hustle. You just got to hustle sometimes too. You know, it's that's the reality. And like this past year, I have had to sacrifice some time with people that I love, we've had to do this stuff because if you want certain things, if you want to get what you want, you have to push through. So it's about really maintaining a specific schedule. It's about um, ensuring there's time for yourself, but it's also about being willing to commit to the hustle if you need to, you know, and and figuring that all out. So I hope that's helpful. Uh, Let me know if you have other ideas and suggestions of how to de-stress. I'm always looking for them, so please send them my way. Um, I think I just got some other comments. Let's see. I think I did. Yes, okay, great. Kate, yes. What are your thoughts on the pros and cons of having an agent? It Is, is it mostly beneficial just to have that advocate for you as an actor, or do y'all as agents put more weight on a resume with that agency logo in the corner? Um, I think you mean, do y'all as casting directors put more weight on a resume with that agent logo in the corner? So that's how I'm going to interpret that, because I am, of course, not an agent. Uh, also, there's no such thing as a casting agent. Just FYI, I'm not saying you think that, my love, but I just always like to say that because it just doesn't exist. they are casting directors, associates, and assistants, um, and interns. My intern, Kaylee, is awesome. Um, she's the best. Uh, but... Just, I always like to say that because I hear that term all the time and it doesn't really exist. Um, okay, what are my thoughts on having an agent? Pros and cons. Uh, you know, I am not an actor with an agent right now. So there is that piece. I'm not an agent. I'm not a manager. I am just me and I'm talking from my opinion. I think having teammates is always great. Having someone who's willing to go to bat for you is really, really wonderful right having someone who understands your career um, understands what you want from it gets you as a human and is willing to take the time to submit you for projects that they think you're gonna work well on you know you can't go wrong as long as you feel like your team really does know you and understand you and get you and like wants to support you in the way that you know how Um, that being said I've hired a lot of people who don't have agents Um, you know I work on a lot of new projects I work on a lot of um, like projects that have difficult finds. So a lot of the stuff that I do, I'm trying to find new talent. I'm trying to do deep dives and explore new people and and um things like that. So I have sent a lot of, you know, contracts to people who who don't have agents and and uh, but I also am very aware that not every office is working on projects like mine, um, and lots of people are looking for very, very seasoned professionals. And agencies and managers have a tendency to want to work with people who are seasoned professionals, um, though they definitely take risks on new talent too. So for me, I think it's less of what the pros and cons are about having an agent and more about figuring out when the time is right for you to have one if you want one. Because I am all for, like I've said, teammates, and I think. That um, you know, and I, I think that the agents and managers in New York are great, um, and and they fight for their clients and they push for their clients, and and that's always nice. Um, and I do know, and I'm not going to lie, when I see the logo of an agency that I really like or respect or you know anything, I, I know that someone else is willing to vouch for this person, right? Like they say, I see talent in this human, and it does make me stop and reflect and say, well, if somebody else sees talent in this person. I should probably look at them too. Um, however, it's not like the end all be all for me at my office. I can't speak to anybody else because I am not anybody else. Um, so I think though that that comes from the fact that I work on a lot of projects that have specific needs, new needs, new talent. Um, and, and so I've like really opened my mind to, to that being true. Um, and, you know, but we see time and time again, a lot of people without agents get work. So it's just something to think about. So what I, what I'm trying to circle back to here is I think the conversation about agents should be less about whether an agent is a good thing. Of course, it's a good thing. It's nice to have someone who fights for you, but it's more about when is the right time in your career or for you as a person to have a teammate like that? Um, and that's an assessment that you know takes a lot of time um, and takes uh, takes some careful thought uh, because once you do have teammates, teammates have to get paid for their work. Um, once you do have teammates, you have other people's opinions on what you should be saying yes to and no to. Um, and you know, that's always, oh, look who's back? He's back again. Hey, buddy. Hey, you wanna sit down? You wanna sit down? Yeah? No? You do? Okay, great. Um, so once you have other teammates, you know their opinions matter. What? <laughs> this is just a lot of things, pumpkin. A lot of things. Where are you gonna land? Where are you gonna land? Right in my lap. Okay, great. Um, so for me and what I always like to say to people who are having, are you trying to drink? Don't drink this. Don't do it. Don't do it my God, this is my life today, friends. This is my life today. Um, you know, when I try to talk to, uh, people who ask me this question, I just really say like, where are you in your career? What do you think an agent is going to do for you? If you think an agent is going to help you figure out exactly who you are as a talent, or is going to, you know, make your voice more than it is, or is going to help you know, you know, everything about yourself. They're not, that's not their job. So you need to take the time, buddy, buddy, come on, sit down, you got it? Okay, there we go. Um, You need to do that work first. So if you haven't taken the time to do that work, don't expect that a team is gonna do it for you. Um, Their job is to help get you where you wanna be going, but the you has to be what you're proud of and what you understand. So um, I think that's a really personal journey and it's something that if you would, if you ever wanna to talk to me about it, I would love to talk to you about it. Um, but I always think that having teammates uh, is helpful. What I will say is teammates look like a lot of things. Teammates can be a lot of things and it doesn't just have to be an agent or manager who's on your team. Um, you can always ask other people to support you in the ways that they can, um, and you will then feel less alone as a creative. So I encourage everybody, whether it's an agent or a manager or something else, to find teammates to really help them get through it because um, this can be a really lonely profession, it can be a really isolating profession, and uh, it's really nice to know that there are other people who are fighting for you in whatever capacity that is. So I hope that was helpful. Let me know, Garrett. Uh, and we can keep moving along. Um, Does anybody else have questions for me? I think I have reached, oh no, that's a lie. Um, This says, I like to make time charts So I know what I need to do, but I can see what time I have to do homework or having time for myself. Also, every Sunday is just for me and my family, so no friends or activities. It's a day where you can relax. Yes, honey. Yes, take your Sundays. I wish I could take my Sundays off. I can't. But I love that you have figured out a way to solidify time for you and your family and for working things out. So that's awesome, Kylie. Way to go. Way to schedule your life and to take care of yourself and your needs. That's beautiful. Um and great. Yes, Sunday is hard, Garrett. I could not agree with you more. Okay, so does anybody else have any questions for me? We've been talking for about 45 minutes. Uh, Pumpkin, do you have any questions for me? No, just wants to sleep. I wish you could hear him purring. It is just so aggressive. He is just blissed out. He's so happy to be here on Office Hours. Um, okay, so if anybody else has questions for me, I am here and willing to take them. I'm going to talk for just like a couple more minutes. So if there's anything you want to throw my way, please feel free. I know there are a lot of auditions happening right now. There are a lot of Unifieds happening right now things for MFA programs are happening right now. So if you have any questions about any of these things, feel free to throw them my way. Or if you have any questions about life or your heart or anything, I will um, try to answer them to the best of my abilities. Um, So what I do wanna talk about real fast while I'm waiting for any further questions, and if I don't have them, I am gonna head out. Oh no, come back, okay, great. Um, But the one thing that I do really, really want to um, Yeah. Do you have something you want to say? No. Okay. Okay. You're at the microphone. Can you hear him purring? Crazy. Okay. Um, the one thing that I really do want to talk about going into, um, this kind of season and all of these unifieds and things like that is, um, I posted a status the other day about multiple songs that I've been hearing over and over again in auditions. And um, and some people wrote me some messages and they were like, oh no, these songs are in my book. Am I doing something wrong? Should I not be singing these things? And I just wanted to take like a hot second to say something, which is, the only reason that I share that kind of information is because I get those questions a lot. Like, what are people singing? What should I not be singing? I want to sing something different. And so I like to share that information to be as transparent as possible. However, I hear the same songs sung over and over again beautifully. And people, like I was saying before, tell stories in different ways, show different things with their bodies, show different things with the tone and quality of their sound, do different things with like riffs and their own moments and all of these things. So if I post something about something like that or if you see something on these websites that are posting these lists of things like 20 monologues no one ever does or like all of these things, take all of that with a grain of salt and with a grain of knowledge that like you need to take the time to figure out what works best for you. There will always be someone in the room who doesn't like your song and there will always be someone in the room who does. You can't just like there are days when you sing your song and you like it and there are days when you sing your song and you're like not today Satan like I don't want to sing that song. Um, so just like really understand that you are allowed to do what you need to do to be the person you wanna be that day and to tell the story that you wanna tell. And if you're spending so much time worrying about, have they heard this song 10 times today or all, all the energy that you're putting into that moment, That's energy that you could be putting into telling the story and working on your instrument and becoming grounded in yourself and understanding these things rather than worrying about like putting the blame on a song or putting the blame on something else. um, You are in charge of picking material that makes you feel awesome and that makes you feel like you are showing your best self. you know, just know that when you sing something that a lot of other people are singing, it is human nature to draw comparison. Um, so when there's no comparison in terms of the song exactly, um, it's a little it's a little easier to not have to draw that comparison. But at the same time, um, we're seeing a lot of people who are singing within the same range, you know, all of that stuff. So all of this to just say, well, I think I got another question. Um, all of this to just say, you... You need to do you, okay? Because the people who are the most inspiring to me, the people who are most interesting to me, are the people who sing the material that absolutely makes sense for who they are and what stories they like to tell um, and what stories come naturally for them to tell. Uh, And I can always see when someone tried to pick something because they thought nobody else would sing it, but it's not actually something that means something to them. Um, And so I just encourage you to, to think about that just to think about it. Um, But I also do really love when someone sings something that I'm like, I don't know what that is. It's very exciting to me because I have a tendency to know most of the stuff. Uh, And it's kind of cool when someone bonus is singing something that means something to them, telling an authentic story. And also, I don't know what it is. It's pretty cool. Um, Okay, I think I got another question. I feel like I saw it. Um, Maybe I didn't. Oh, it's in a message. One second, please. Um, No. It was just a message of kindness actually so no so it looks like i don't have any other questions um i am going to do my little wrap-up spiel now then um, it has been so wonderful to do our first office hours of 2018 i'm so grateful that you're here um i cannot begin to tell you all how excited i am for 2018 i think we are in a place of great change and great forward movement and a place where people can speak their minds and, and tell their truths. And hopefully we will see some really awesome progression and change and um, I'm here for it. I'm really here for it Uh, so I just am so grateful that you're all here I'm grateful that we all made it through 2017 and that we're here now I will be here as many Sundays as I can hopefully I will be here every Sunday from six to seven to take your questions Uh, I might not always physically be here because I'm traveling a lot but I will be here in the Facebook world to take your questions as per always if uh, you found this video interesting, please tell other people to join us on Sundays from 6 to 7 here on Facebook Live, or to download the podcast and subscribe to Office Hours with Kate Lumpkin on Apple iTunes uh, every day, uh, every the next day, so every Monday after an Office Hours, this feed becomes a podcast. So there are about 30 episodes of past podcasts, um, so it's about 30 hours of free information. If that is of interest to you, go check it out. But what I really want to say to you today is, you guys are awesome. I always say it takes a lot of courage to be an artist, but more and more in the past couple of weeks, I have really, really felt it. It is hard to struggle for money. It is hard to struggle to tell stories. It is hard work to fight, to stand in front of other people and ask them to look at you, to be seen. Um, And as artists, as business people who are artists, as creative team members, as actors, as human beings, I think we all just really want to be seen. And this industry is a constant um, battle between asking to be seen and needing to be seen and then being seen. Um, and I just am constantly impressed with anybody who does this work. So. As always, I see you, I hear you, and I value you. And if there's anything that I can do for you, please feel free to reach out to me at my new email address, kate at katelumpkincasting.com. You can also always send me a Facebook message or you can reach out through my website. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful week. And I look forward to seeing you next Sunday or the Sunday after that, depending on travel. Uh, And uh, let me know if you have any questions. I'm always here for you. Be brave, be bold, and have a great week.